Well, ready when you are, I guess. All right. I don't know. How do we want to introduce this? Uh, uh, I would probably just do a similar jingle to what I did last time. Okay. Which was essentially nick the hardcore history theme and just stick Harold core history on over the top. Okay. <laughs> December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. It's Harold core history. Hello. Welcome to Harold core history. What? What? Can I stop you there? Already? <laughs> yeah, already. <laughs> What? Why did that have to be so uh, camp? Oh. Why, why was that camp? That was my... That was pretty camp. That was my old-timey, <laughs> old-timey Australian radio voice. So how campy do you want to get? On a scale of zero to John Michael Housen, it was... <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's the question, how campy do I want to get? <laughs> how campy do you want it to be? A bit early in the I evening. Was... <laughs> I haven't you listened to old radio from the 30s? It's all very campy. I, I, Wiggins knows what I'm talking about. Bradman hit the ball and goes through the field. Everybody claps and has a wonderful time. Of course I do. Oh, look at that. I listen to Little Else. <laughs> That's right. Buckland's just trolling through 30s cricket <laughs> audio. Lady Menzies went out today showing a bit of ankle. Ooh, blimey. Um, I feel I've derailed it slightly. <laughs> Already, we've done well. Should I, do you want me to start again? I'll come in again. Come in again. <laughs> G'day. Welcome to Harold Gore Histories. Maddie, why so camp? Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, I'm completely lost now. I've got to find my normal voice. Irony. Hello. Hello. Oh, oh we go. Oh. <laughs> nice. Premonition. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Hello. Welcome to Harold Core Histories, the ones only podcast where we look at famous Harold through history. <laughs> Healthy. Oh, I'm so glad I did that stuff on the giraffe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to have to cut him out, aren't they? They're getting rid of Harold. Anyway. Born in Stanmore, New South Wales, on the 5th of August, 1908, Prime Minister Harold Holt Mm. was born. He was the first Prime Minister to be born in the Commonwealth of Australia. Just think about that. What a great Prime Minister that is. Throw the year at us again. 1908. Oh, yeah, 1901. Yep, was when Australia became the Commonwealth. He was the first one. Anyway, he was the eldest son of Thomas and Olive... He and his brother Cliff spent their early life in Sydney. They went to three different schools in a few years. Thomas divorced Olive and went to work at the Tivoli Theatre Circuit, where he buggered off overseas as quickly as he could. Okay. He went to London and he went to New York. Son of a bitch. So give us that. It, give us that theatre circuit again. So the Tivoli Theatre Circuit. Well, that was well, Tivoli. It might have been called. Are we assuming that that was like a? Cracker of a theatre circuit. I believe so. I think I think that Tivoli, Tivoli Theatre was still oh, in Sydney. Oh, I heard okay. of that. All right. I don't know now, if it's still in now Sydney. Now I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, which I'm probably not. Right. Gotcha. So the theatres in New York and London. So he buggered off as quickly as he could. So he divorced his wife and then shot through mm. to London and New York and enrolled the sons as boarders um, in Melbourne. What, before he left? 
Yeah. Just said fuck. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to London, New York. You're going to boarding school. See you later. I'm going this way. Bye bye. You're going here. Oh, for how long? <laughs> uh, to live. You must stay. That's I'm going where to you live. The circuit. I'm going to London, New York, the most vibrant cities in the world. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you're going to Melbourne. Yep. See you later. Yes. Wesley College. So, yeah, that would have been when he was about 14. Yes, so he was 14. Now. I imagine that yeah. made him feel quite loved. Well, there's there's more coming. It's funny you should say that. It's a weird family setup they've got here. So, speaking of his family, when Harold Holt was 16, his mother died, and neither he, his brother, or his father attended her funeral. Oh. What, okay. the, just oh. bad cough that day, or...? Too far. <laughs> yes, long way. <laughs> Couldn't be asked. Um, now... So that's in 1924. A formative event was his singing performance at his school's annual speech night in December 1926, the proudest moment of his life to date. However, none of his family members showed up. <laughs> well, they got the wrong memo. They, they, it was a speech night, they were not a singing They were right? at the funeral two years earlier. They missed it by two years. Two years later, they turned up at his singing event. I picked it early, so... So, I don't know what's going on with his family, but none of his family were present. And it says here, he never forgot the loneliness he felt that night. Mm. Driving force. So, he won a scholarship to Queen's College at the University of Melbourne, and he fucking kicked ass. It doesn't say that here, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's the vibe you got? That's a very strong vibe. (laughs) He got school blues, so college blues, excelling in Australian rules football and cricket uh, in the... Debate Society, Oratory Society, winning of essay prizes, a member of the debating team that went in the Australian A-grade debating team, president of both the sports and social club and the Law Student Society. Oh, well, he didn't have any family commitments to try and keep, no. so... <laughs> no. yeah. I have one question. <laughs> yes, yes. Where did he bat? I don't have any... I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> But I don't have any details on his batting, whether he was a batter or bowler. Looking let's, at his, let's call him a wristy number four. Yeah, and look, a very, very solid gully fieldsman. Yeah, I'm looking at his build. He, he didn't look like a bowler, but he's a broad-shouldered, yeah, probably number four batsman. One yep. knee, one knee swipe <laughs> over cover, <Yep>. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we lost everyone. Don't. Everyone's gone. It's just us. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, sorry. If my constant interrupting boundary, hadn't already <laughs> lost people. Uh, and he, yeah. Every time he hit a boundary, no one applauded. No, that's not in here. Um, also, no from, came to watch him play. also from my Never. father, even from his college days, this is from my dad, when I told him I was doing this, he said even in his college days, he was also a renowned pants man. Yeah. A stick man. So he liked yeah, stick man. He liked to put it about. He was very popular with the ladies. Like I said, very broad chested, strong, strong guy from the beginning, putting it about. And that'll come up later. Um, so can I just ask a, job... a question at this point? Yeah. Who doesn't like to put it about? <laughs> well, you know, everyone would like to put it about. Some people just don't uh, don't manage it. I, yeah, either or, have the charm or... Or an inability, yeah. An inability to put it about no. in the right places. Ag- yeah. Again, I'll point you to the time and... Yeah, like, the 30s. Like, no, no. <laughs> the amount of time... <laughs> how long... The amount of time he's got in his hands through no family <laughs> wanting like to spend Like a family commitment. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah. 
Especially at Christmas. Heaps of time to shag at Christmas. <laughs> well, there's probably, yeah. probably uh, some sort of uh, emotional scarring involved in that as well, I imagine. Yeah, I'd say so, yep. Yep. He's uh, doing it tough. So when he when uh, he worked for a law firm for six months until uh, the Great Depression really kicked in, so the early 30s in Australia... Uh, and he lost his job. And he was pretty uh, firm when he was there. Oh. Very firm, yeah, very firm. Anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah we got you. Uh, and then... Oh, jeez. Buckland's gone firm. Um, and then uh, instead of, like, sulking about it, he went, well, this law firm sacked me, I'm going to go into business for himself. And once again... Just like he... Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Yeah, hired an assistant called Janine, um, yeah. worked in an old fire station. Again, <laughs> he uh, kicked ass in that job and was successful straight away. Now, while at university, Holt had previously met Ka- uh, Zara Kate Dickens. Mm. Good name. In 1934, they were c- contemplating marriage, but after a quarrel over... You guessed it. The fact that he'd been putting it about. (laughs) They split up. So Zara travelled overseas, meeting Captain James Fell, a British army officer stationed in India, who she married in March 1935. Her first son, Nicholas, was born in 1937, followed by twin boys, Sam and Andrew, born in 1939. However... um, Sorry. She was quick to put it about. She was very quick. (laughs) Well, it's the 30s, man. You don't have time. People die. Yeah. But, but again, like double standards, really. Like if she's upset about him putting it about, don't just go off and start opening it up. Which she got, to put she it did get out. married. Oh, oh, we yeah, go, true. I would like you to try <laughs> and put yourself, pick yourself up now, men- yep. mentally and spiritually, and just plonk yep. yourself back in the 30s, mate. Yeah. Take right. that phone, fuck that off. Haven't got that. Tablet's yep. gone. Yeah. I can keep the beer though, right? The beer? Yeah, you can keep yeah. you can keep beer, but yeah, you know what's what's the what's the economy like? Can you have that much? I'm not sure about that. No, you got much free time, plenty of free time. Got much to do? Yep. Not really. Not fucking a thing, except and he just got married. Except she put it about. Yeah, get it wet. And <laughs> and again, Wiggins, she still has less children than you do, so I don't see what the issue is. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this <laughs> telling her that she put it about? I know. She's had hey. two. Two, but she's got three kids, but it's only from two births. From two shags. I am not. Yeah. I am not anti putting it about. <laughs> I am anti pointing the finger and then putting it about. Yeah, but they were going to get married and Harold's putting it about. Now she's married and putting it about. <laughs> now, having said that, it was rumoured that Harold Holt was the father of the twins. Oh, why? Because Zara was putting it about. Uh, (laughs) Because Zara and her husband, James Fell, subsequently divorced not long after the children were born. Ah, okay. Because Zara was putting it about. Because Zara was putting it about. And Zara and Harold eventually got married in 1946. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Got- They're putting it about specialists, aren't they? 
How many more kids did she have up until that point? It's <laughs> no, not a competition, we go. Relax, back yeah. down. <laughs> oh, dear. Meanwhile, Thomas Holt married Lola Thring. I just put it in there because what a great fucking name. Thring? <laughs> yeah, daughter of his business partner, F.W. Thring. Could have been Frank Thring, I don't know, no. in 1936. No. But he died. I don't know. No. Could he have been Frankie. Could he died in 1945. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to Harold's but, but, political... We've I got, know Thring. Hang on, it must have been Frank Thring's dad, or some sort of relative you'd hope, wouldn't you? How many Thrings <laughs> would be, be in Australia? Can't be too many Thrings. <laughs> <laughs> Just phone in, or, or write in. How many, thr- yeah. how many Thrings do you know? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we can have a Thring episode next week. Yeah. Have a thring off. Actually, don't, yeah. don't, don't thring. We haven't got a phone line. Um, okay, so Harold ran for office a couple of times, uh, but was elected to the Australian Parliament at age 27 uh, and is still one of the, Australia's youngest ever MPs. Okay? He opposed socialism. He wanted to spread the wealth, but no socialism. <laughs> don't really understand that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Menzies became Prime Minister in 1939. Holt's energy, dedication and ability putting it about earned him rapid promotion. <laughs> and in April 39, just listen to this job. This may be the best job ever. In April 39, he was appointed the Minister Without a Portfolio. Oh, so they went, you're good. We've got yeah, no- have a pay rise. Got nothing- Don't do anything. Yeah, we've got nothing for you. Just, we've got nothing just, for just you. Kind of, just kind of right. hang about in case we want something from yeah. you. So I, they don't have that anymore, but usually that's what they used to do if the, the Prime Minister was like, that guy's going places. Uh, if I don't give him a ministerial position, which I don't have any room for, so he's going to get poached and go into business. Yeah. So I'll make him a minister for portfolio, gets a pay rise, doesn't really do much. Um, he, well, I suppose being the minister for putting it about <laughs> wouldn't necessarily have been not a great portfolio for public view no great portfolio for him um you know really putting it out there for what he's putting it about if you were the minister for putting it about that would be a pretty easy job you'd imagine right you'd think people would be showing up yeah well that's right all right what's um what kind of policies are you bringing in budget time to the minister (laughs) putting it about yeah are you are you in charge of putting it about or are you trying to promote I think both. Aren't you like covering the the entire gamut uh, of putting it I about? I don't even know that there's a public message. I just think you're there because <laughs> you're good at pu- putting it about, and and people just have to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Everywhere yep. you go, people are like, Ooh. "Good work." <sighs> Coming in the morning, oh, hi Sandra. What's on for today? Well, Harold, you'll be putting it about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We got a we got a meeting about putting it about at nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then we'll be putting it about a bit from 12 till 2. Yeah. Uh, and then an open we'll be, session at, after lunch. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Just an open forum. Then, uh, and, and then open forum, yeah. public, public. Brilliant. All right, no worries. And he wanders off to his yeah. office. Fucking in the morning, fucking in the evening, fucking <laughs> yeah. all, all these press conferences are filmed from the waist up anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> So he's just going at it. Anyway, moving on to back to reality. In October 39, uh, he became minister in charge. So he lost the minister for putting it about and became minister in charge of scientific research. All right. Uh, He he lost the minister for nothing. He lost that one. Yeah. Well, he got promoted, I guess, to something, the minister for something. Uh, But then he became acting minister for air and civil aviation once World War II kicked in. Mm. So this is where the legend of Harold Holt 
grew even further. In May 1940, without resigning his seat, so he's still a member of parliament, Holt joined the 2nd Australian Imperial Force as a gunner. Wow. But a few months later, three cabinet ministers and several of Australia's top military staff were killed in an air crash in Canberra, uh, and Menzies recalled Holt from the army. And then, again, giving him minister without portfolio. So (laughs) So he got demoted back to the awesome job. So Uh, he was minister for nothing, got promoted to minister for kicking ass. Yeah, and then d- when, went when, to kick some ass. Went to kick some ass. <laughs> got brought back to be minister yeah. for nothing. But his nickname was Gunner Holt. After that, right? That's, oh, it's not very good. No, not at all. It could have been better. Yeah, well, you know, it's better than Colt. Than... Colt Holt. Colt. <laughs> Colt Holt. Shoot the bolt Holt. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> hmm. Nazi flyer Holt, looking oh, so- <laughs> socialist, but not really Holt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not really socialist, but socialist. Yep. Mm. <laughs> okay. They're not as catchy so, anymore. They're getting less no, catchy. As so, uh, the coalition lost the election. And they were out of office for eight years. So, in 1949, Menzies began his record-setting term as prime minister for 17 years, and minister. Oh, then Menzies appointed Holt the Minister for Immigration, 1949 to 1956, which at the time was already being touted as the certain successor to Menzies and a potential Prime Minister. Mm. Okay, He was, in immigration, was one of the first people to try and peel back the white Australia policy somewhat. The good old white Australia policy, which obviously dictated we only wanted whiteies coming into our country. It's where a lot of the Greek and Italian post-war British um, and even German came into Australia as long as our whiteies. Well, well, for our economy to actually grow, we needed more people to consume and to collect tax off. Yeah. But um, they still felt a need to be pretty picky. Yeah, pretty racist as well. But he was one of the first people to to see the benefits of having strong uh, alliance with Southeast Asia in particular um, and fought for that, even though a lot of people didn't like it, that's for sure. Uh, Let's see. So he was also fighting against industrial unrest. There was a lot of communist influence in the 50s in the union movement was at its peak. uh, And therefore the right wing of the coalition was openly trying to smash the unions. And, and, and he sort of... McCarthyism in America. Yeah, McCarthyism in America was seeping through very, very closely into Australia. But he was pretty awesome at his job. Seems to be pretty awesome at everything he touched at the moment, especially his member. Um, and <laughs> he was able to, to negotiate with the unions so that uh, in regards to the amount of industrial numbers of working hours lost to strikes... That makes sense. So the amount yep. of hours uh, was two million hours in 1949, uh, and nine years later he'd reduced it to just over four hundred thousand. Hmm. Okay, so he was really good at negotiating. He just seems to be awesome at everything. Um, and in 1954, more importantly, he was named as Australia's or one of Australia's six best dressed men. Oh, oh! No idea who the others were. I'm sure Keith Miller was in there somewhere. <laughs> More, more cricket talk. Um, yep. Anyway, so then he became treasurer, 
and the leader of the house, and he was just pretty awesome. And everyone just said, yep, he's going to be the next prime minister. Um, he organized the establishment of the Reserve Bank and also had to prepare the nation for the introduction to decimal currency. It was Harold Holt who convinced the cabinet to call the new currency the dollar rather than the royal. So that was used, our money was going to be called the royal, oh, paying him oh, 10 wow. royals or 100 royals, and he was the one to go, don't be stupid. Don't be fucking idiots. Okay, so uh, when he was the treasurer, a, a lot of these things in the 50, late 50s, early 60s, tried to slow literally slow the uh, economy because inflation was going pretty nutty. Mm. Uh, so he introduced deflationary packages of tax changes. Everyone hated it. They called it it's the a whole shame jolt. that he didn't have a deflationary package of his own. Oh, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> very hey, rarely deflating. Know. He had a, Inflation in Australia was 4.5%. His inflation was way more than that. Yes. Um, he also was called the credit squeeze or the, yes, the halt jolt. It's just getting saucy, it's, isn't it? It is, yeah. Everyone wanted, no one liked the halt jolt. When he was the minister for putting it about, everyone was a big fan <laughs> of the halt jolt. Now they weren't. Double standards again. Double standards, In yes. Australia. Yeah. That was the times. Like that like was it. the times. Fickle public. Now, he copped heaps of shit because of his, of his treasure. <laughs> I had no idea what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. Copped heaps of head. Copped heaps of shit. <laughs> <laughs> because they nearly lost the next election because of, of this Holt jolt. So, in future, in later budgets, Holt retreated to his Queensland holiday home while it was being prepared, and after pre- presenting the budget, he took off overseas. Oh, so every year, tactic. he had to present a budget. <laughs> Here's a budget, I'm going to Thailand. Yeah. And off he went. Yeah. Why are you presenting the budget on with shorts. <laughs> on the front of a boat? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Throwing it over through customs as he's walking yeah. off. I read something once that he actually just folded it up into a paper aeroplane, ran past the room, threw it in, and was <laughs> straight in a car to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> just dove out the yeah. door. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So there, I think that's a great method. I, I think they should bring that one back as well. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm going to start using that at work. Well, just Scott Morrison, just in, already in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah. She's here's the budget, yeah. and uh, yeah. look over there. And um, my Uber's here, so... <laughs> I think that there needs to be maybe a week where all parliamentarians need to wear Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> An entire week. So all of their public addresses need to be done in Hawaiian oh. shirts. Oh, goodness me. Uh, whilst running. Oh, really? There's going to be some very red-faced, puffy, sweaty men and women. Having said that, I reckon our House of Representatives is the fittest it's probably ever been. Yeah, no, that's probably true. We've got no Kim Beasley, we've got no Joe Hockey. And they're kind of getting younger and younger a lot of the time. It seems to be that, yeah, you can't be a big, fat, bloaty person if you're going to be in the public eye in politics. Or just keeping up with everything that you have to do and everywhere you've got to be and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could still be a fat bastard oh, politician. Yeah. But you're right, there There's does seem no to be desire far there anymore, though. That's the problem. No. <laughs> no. No. You've got to scratch yourself every now and then, I guess. Bring it back. Bring, Bring it back. back. I can do it. Bring back the fat. So... Yes, he travelled widely in Southeast Asia, I believe was the key to Australia's future prosperity. 
The previous minister for putting about continued as federal treasurer until January 66 when Menzies finally retired. With Menzies' support, Holt was elected leader of the Liberal Party, thus becoming Prime Minister, having been MP for almost 31 years. So we had our first Prime Minister for putting it about. (laughs) They held an election not long after that. And everyone love fucking loves Harold Holt. Oh, so they about gave the Holt the, jolt pretty fucking fast. They gave they? the Holt coalition yeah. government a forty-one seat majority, the largest in Australian history up to that time. Fifty-seven percent of the two-party preferred vote. That's fucking wads. Mm-hmm. One of his most notable achievements was to initiate the process of breaking down preferential white Australian policy. He also introduced the 1967 referendum, which overwhelmingly majority of Australians voted in favour of giving the Commonwealth power to legislate specifically for Indigenous Australians and include them in the Commonwealth census. The whole government uh, significantly increased Australia's military involvement in the war. Halt defended the U.S. policy. He also had been a close friend of U.S. President Lyndon Johnson, who he had first met in Melbourne in 1942. And a lot of people were like, oh, that Holt had been seduced by Johnson, which is great, especially when you hear the next phrase, which he coined the phrase, all the way with LBJ. What? what? Where did these rumours come from, though? Like, honestly... That why he's putting it about, you mean? Just, yeah, just like what well, he, he is an admirer of him and an admirer yeah. of the US policy must be sucking his dick. Yeah, must be. But, well, I don't think you've understood the phrase LBJ. Oh, I right. think you may have taken that the wrong way. <laughs> well, this seems like a pretty um, pretty apt point <laughs> to throw in a bit of an LBJ fact if you're interested. Always, always came through a bit of that. Speaking of putting it about. Um, LBJ is pretty famous for um, referring to his penis as Jumbo. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, and, yes, apparently had a very large member. Um, one uh, time when a reporter was asking him about why the US continues to be involved in Vietnam, he pulled out his dick and said, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and right up Holt's alley. Right, exactly. No wonder I, they I have, had a lot, of, I've, lot in common. I've read that a number of places, so I'm yeah. leaning towards it being more true than not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's totally off topic, but the you know, it's the same with the uh, what's his name, Milton Berle. You remember who Milton Berle was? Milton Berle apparently had a huge cock and just used to get it out all the time. Well, why just wouldn't you have it out? Oh. So I did some LBJ research. Uh, <laughs> LBJ's obsession with his presidential privates. Uh, he did it. Yep, he didn't. He did indeed call his penis Jumbo. Yep, uh, he used Jumbo to explain Vietnam. He liked whipping out the helicopter blade in the bathroom for all to see. <laughs> Whose phrasing is this? Oh, no. oh, it doesn't matter. And he had his White House shower renovated to include a custom dick nozzle. What? <laughs> a dick nozzle? You we were going to say dick holder. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh... <laughs> it's like a little trolley with four wheels. So a little... so he's got it hanging. In. It's like a dick wheelchair. 
just walking down the aisles with his oh, little no, gurney. No, like as a stewardess on a plane, just <laughs> with his trolley and with his enormous coconut going, penis. <laughs> penis, <laughs> penis. Hot or cold? And then someone goes and tries to go to the toilet, and then they just kind of stand, awkwardly stand behind him until they walk all the way down the aisle. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, we, anyway, back back to it. All right, so back to back to Holt, Joel. <laughs> uh, President Johnson arrived in Australia <laughs> in 1966 at Holt's invitation for a three-day state visit, um, the first to Australia by a serving U.S. president. The tour marked the first ma- major anti-war demonstration staged in Australia. In Sydney, protesters lay down in front of the car carrying Johnson, uh, prompting the mayor of the time to order the cars to run over the oh, bastards. Geez. Yeah. Well, it was a, in, it's strange that the first time Australia was visited by a sitting US president correlated with the first time the US actually needed Australia for anything. Yeah, but at this stage, like the like it's 1966, the the war itself was pretty l- still fairly low key. Yeah, but, it, but it's it's the same. As it's it's the first the Vietnam or Korea to some extent, but Vietnam probably is the yeah. first of these U.S. led wars where they go, ah, oh, can it not just be us? Let's get a few other ma- people involved. So yeah. it looks come on, like, come like on, a, Australia. It looks like a team effort. Spread the wealth. Come Spread on, Australia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh the, the uh, President oh, of the no United States uh, mentioned uh, us today. So, uh, um, Sir, we, uh, we're going to do what they say. We have an invitation here from Australia. They want to know if you're going to come down for a three day visit. You know, the, we really need their support, sir. Yeah. Fuck. And uh, Harold Holt's the new Prime Minister. Oh. Will I get to get my dick out? <laughs> my dick's bigger than... He's got a big dick, but mine's bigger than his. I'll be right there. Do you think they docked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, so, in Melbourne, yes. a crowd Thanks. estimated at 750... 750,000 turned out in Melbourne to welcome... The, Lyndon Johnson, although a vocal anti-war contingent demonstrated the visit by throwing paint bombs at his car and chanting, LBJ, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? And he... That's catchy. Yeah, and he waved his penis at every single member of that crowd. (laughs) Yeah, and said, what are you saying about me? I made more with this fellow. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So we're, what, 40 minutes into it, and we're getting to the point of why we're here. All right, on the morning of Sunday... December 17, 1967, Harold Holt, his neighbour and several others drove from Melbourne to see the lone British yachtsman Alec Rossell, or Alex Rose sorry, sail through Port Phillip Heads. Around noon, the party drove to one of Holt's favourite swimming and snorkelling spots, Cheviot Beach on Point Nepean, Pean near Portsea, on the eastern arm of Port Phillip Bay, which is the southern, one of the southernmost points in Australia. Holt decided to go swimming although the surf was pretty high and rough. Holt began swimming, but he soon disappeared from view. Fearing the worst, the others raised an alert, a large contingent of police, Royal Australian Navy divers, Royal Australian Air Force, helicopters, Army personnel from nearby nearby Point Nepean and local volunteers converged onto the beach. It quickly escalated into one of the largest search operations in Australia's history, but no trace of Holt could be found. Two days later, on 19th December 1967, the government made an official announcement that Harold Holt, Prime Minister of Putting It About, was thought to be dead. 
The Governor-General, Lord Casey, sent for the Country Party leader to make him the interim deputy, or John McEwen, and was sworn in as caretaker Prime Minister until such time as the Liberals elected a new leader. I thought you were reading this all from memory. That's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, the media speculation that uh, happened afterwards was what? Do we know any of the uh, speculation into his disappearance? Yeah, I think the main one that is um, that he got picked up by a Chinese submarine because he was such a communist sympathizer. Yeah, because he wasn't he in the fifties. He was so good at talking to the trade unions. There was always talk that he was a commie, strange commie, but either way, socialist, not socialist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, hashtag, hashtag we'll get going after this. Episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yes, yes. There's that. Uh Something you haven't mentioned, which I'm not sure if you're going to, is that he's. I probably am. Oh, okay. I'll stop there then. (laughs) Very in depth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes. 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 I'll I'll keep that powder dry, and we go 1930 speak. 1930 speak. Yep. In minister for nothing. Yeah. I believe there was a mafia conspiracy theory that maybe taken out. There was a mafia conspiracy. There was a Russian conspiracy. The, there was also, and has been speculation fairly recently in some pretty crappy documentaries that suggested that he might have committed suicide. Yeah. Um, which is very odd. Considering, no real... considering how much he put it about. like Yeah, and how, how much everyone loved him and apparently he was talking about his plans for the future anyway and all that stuff. So, What if Zara just got fed up with being cheated on? And hired, yep. hired someone. Just to, to fucking put to, him out. Some sort of halt assault. Oh, right. Oh. A halt jolt assault. Yeah. <laughs> Into the salt. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, in oh, the yeah. salt, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that's probably yes. it then, because everything right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I haven't found the footage of this, but I'd love to, because ABC Television broadcast a one-hour docudrama in 2008 called The Prime Minister is Missing, which starred Normie Rowe as Harold Holt. Now, that must Oof. have been tremendously well acted. Um, oh. And one of the things that was brought up there was that the police at the time weren't really allowed, felt they weren't allowed to investigate too closely because how far were, were you able as a policeman to investigate before you trod on people's toes? That's literally the only speculation oh. that comes out of that. Was who, that all? Who said Some, that, sorry? So one of the police in this... It's a docudrama. One of the police were like, well, you know, we we, were, we had to tread pretty softly and we weren't that's, meant to ask too many questions. That's a pretty... Yeah. Amazing quote from a police person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't do our job because... Um, it, the government might, will kill us. might implicate someone powerful. I'm sorry. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that was the 60s, and that's apparently what they did. Um, the Yes, the, the theory written by a writer, Anthony Gray, 1983, suggested Holt had been a spy for the People's Republic of China and a Chinese submarine had picked him up. I love, yes. I love now that. I love it. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like some sort of bat signal in the sky. A commie's in trouble. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Let's find him, yep. 
so, and why, you know, where's the best place to pick in a Chinese submarine? The best place to pick him up is the furthest fucking point the from China in point. all of yeah. Australia. In rough surf. In rough surf, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, again, in, in going over this uh, story, I found, I went online and I typed in Harold Holt conspiracy theories. Now, the first thing I came to was haroldholt.net the Harold Holt murder and it's all caps it's all crazy person <laughs> fucking crazy and I couldn't paint. I was in the yeah pretty much it was hurting my brain it was hurting my brain looking at even looking at it and the first thing it said was this website was moved to an Iranian server on the 9th of April 2017 they tried to shut me down but they won't fucking hell anyway I wanted just to read you this Holt was murdered because he was opposed to American bases such as Pine Gap being built on Australian soil. Now, that seems like a pretty piss-weak reason to kill a Prime Minister, is that, oh, yeah, we want to build, like, a, a American bases in Australia, and he went, no, I don't really like that idea. Well, did he, did he actually, though? <laughs> not really, no. No, but this is what I want you. American, did he not? <laughs> this is what I. This is what I want you to read, or what I wanted to try and read, and it may you may struggle to follow it because it's written by obviously a fucking crazy person. Yeah. Okay, there was no evidence to support the official report of Harold Holt drowning, nor was there any evidence of a Chinese submarine abducting him. And of course, they in inverted commas all knew this, and it was six months after this website was up. They then get the Victorian State Coroner to hold an inquiry into Harold Holt's disappointment to have the official finding thirty-eight years later how Harold Holt drowned on the morning of 16th of December 1967. However, the Victorian coroner ignored my request as shown by the below letter sent to him 16 months earlier to give evidence at the inquest into Harold Holt's disappearance, where the coroner also ignored my Brisbane Supreme Court sworn affidavit, which stated, as part of my duties, I engaged in several clandestine operations, one of which was the removal of the body of the then Australian Prime Minister, Harold Holt, from his home out to the waiting fishing boat, the night before it was reported he had disappeared while swimming hmm. so so yeah. that, that, crazy that, man that sworn affidavit with, sworn um, affidavit well them believing that he disappeared in surf despite no evidence apart yeah. from the rough surf disappeared prime minister and handful of witnesses <laughs> well if you want to believe that button you can <laughs> yeah but this guy was saying, hey, they're not even listening to me. I'm telling them I was there. I moved his body from his house mm. and right. put him in the water and then put him on a different vessel and yeah. then we said he drowned. I don't know why it made it even more complicated, but that's what happened. Anyway, <laughs> this is the other thing that supports Crazy Man's theory is that no official federal government inquiry was conducted on the grounds it would have been a waste of time and money. <laughs> Can you believe that? It might upset some uh, people. It might upset some people, yeah. We're treading on toes again. <laughs> We're treading on toes again, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, again, that's what, what Crazy Man was referring to on December on September 2nd, 2005. The coroner's founding, finding was Holt had drowned in accidental circumstances. Mm. Let's get to the reality, shall we? So, we have the conspiracy theories. This is a reality, and Buckland has alluded to it already. While deserted Cheviot Beach... On the day, the water was so choppy and murky, you couldn't see anything. Um, 
the police chief at the time said it was very turbulent and I was pretty surprised you would want to go swimming in that water. Now, Holt was a strong swimmer and an experienced skin diver. Um, (laughs) That was unintentional, but thank you. Um, That was the worst worst clearing of my throat, but I actually needed to do it. (laughs) Sorry, I'd like to raise a conspiracy theory about your statement. That wasn't intentional. There's no evidence that that was not intentional. (laughs) That's right. Sorry. (coughs) All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, he was. Let's let's face facts. Yeah, as Uh, former minister for doing nothing and former minister for putting it about, and later prime minister for putting it about. He had, again, you'll love the next phrase, he, his biographer described him as having incredible powers of endurance, especially underwater. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, that seems so a strange thing to note about someone. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe he used to in, indulge in a bit of mermaid activity. <laughs> oh, God. He could really talk anyone into anything. <laughs> Once he right. went down, he could stay down for ages. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So, however, his health was far from perfect at the time of his death. He had collapsed in Parliament earlier in the year, apparently suffering, suffering from a vitamin deficiency. However, this was usually code at the time for parliamentarians instead of to cover up the fact that you had a heart condition. Um, I thought, I thought maybe a venereal disease since it had the same letters. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure vitamin deficiency was used for a lot of things. But it's the, the same 60s. letters. Yeah. It's not even... <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, he had VD in brackets, vitamin, <laughs> vitamin deficiency, sideways, sideways looking. Uh, awesome. In September 1967, Harold Holt had suffered from a recurrence of an old shoulder injury, which reportedly caused him agonising pain. And for this, he was prescribed strong painkillers. All that bowling ball action. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain how the toll that nope. takes on the shoulder? No, all right. Maybe oh, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he ignored recent advice from his doctor not to play tennis or swim until his shoulder had healed and reportedly obtained a prescription for morphine from another doctor. Police records mention Holt was seeing an orthopaedic surgeon in Melbourne for an injury. Inexplicably, the police did not interview the surgeon. If they had, they would have discovered that Holt was on a powerful medication, which could explain why he was acting irrationally the weekend he died. Holt may not, or sorry, Holt may or may not have been taking morphine on the day that he died. Okay. What defeats the suicide story for me is that there were four witnesses on the beach, as you said before. Very few people commit suicide with witnesses present. Um, No one thought about suicide at the time. It wasn't in his character, and those who knew him dismissed the idea completely. More importantly... sorry. also that there are probably a couple of dozen easier ways to kill yourself than... To throw yourself in rough surf and hope that you and hope that you drown, yeah. yeah. Because you, but, you but, can't. but we have a history. Mm. We have a prove proven history of a man that, when he put his mind to something, mm. yep. was quite successful. Yes, at indeed. Most of those things. Yeah, uh, I think and this he, is just another case level, of him. Yeah, so I you're think calling being the minister. Bloody-mindedness. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. he was pretty bloody yeah. bloody minded. I think he yeah. had a bit of arrogance about him, 
of whatever they I do. They reckon I can't kill myself, myself by drowning in rough sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's very difficult to actually kill yourself from drowning. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You can't Absolutely. actually do it. The only way you can do it is to run out of... Uh, I was going to say air, but no, you run out of energy. That's the that's only way you can actually it, it's, drown. It's infinitely easier to blow your head off or throw yourself off a cliff or whatever because once yeah. you've done it, it's done. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. You can pull yourself yeah. up at any moment if you're drowning. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and you have to swallow water into your lungs and your body yeah. doesn't like you doing yeah. that. And instinctually, even if you don't want it to, instinctually... Yeah. exactly. That's what I mean. Your, body's your body gonna... would be fighting you. <laughs> That's right. So, anyway, apart from that, it's all... It's the conspiracy theory it's, holds It holds true. water, though. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> so, and this... 101% water. <laughs> Well done. All right. Tom Frame, okay. The author also records, and this is, this. I don't know, this is sketchy details, might not be necessary, that Holt already got into trouble twice whilst swimming earlier that year in the same place. On the first occasion, while snorkelling at Port C in May, he got into severe difficulties because of a leaking snorkel and had to be pulled from the water. The other time, he got swept away in rough surf, caught in a rip, and friends dragged him from the water, gasping for breath, blew in the face, and vomiting seawater. So, I don't know, it's still not... Third hey, time's a charm. It's still not... Does this make him fairly fucking thick? Yeah, yeah, I would say well, so. Yeah, that, ex- that explains the... But clearly um, he's not thick. The crazy behaviour. he'd been saved twice already that year. Yeah, well, I, this is this is my... We're coming to my theory. Okay, oh, this is my theory shit. of what oh, happened. Okay, so you, I think you were going to hint at this earlier, Buckman, which was that Zara, his wife, had later commented that Holt had an, a many a number of extramarital affairs in their life. Mm. Okay? And at the time, his rumoured lover, Marjorie Gillespie, it is rumoured, but it's pretty much she's on the record as saying, All yes, right. I was his lover. She's confirmed it, yeah. Yeah, so Marjorie Gillespie, her daughter, her daughter's boyfriend and family friends were all at the beach at the time. Yeah. When when Holt's wife Zara arrived from Canberra, Marjorie and her daughter had to be shepherded away. There had been a confrontation earlier in the month at a function in Canberra. So Holt had invited his mistress and someone else had sent the invitation to Lady Zara at the same time. Oh. And so they both were there at the same time. Very uh, awkward. Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Paper plane. Through the, through the door. <laughs> luau. <was> yeah. a, <laughs> the Liberal Party luau. you got to love that. A to the hookula. The hookula. The is the thing to say. <laughs> Uh, the Liberals' Hawaiian Christmas is always a winner. <laughs> the Liberals' Hawaiian Christmas is a <laughs> great title. Okay, so and this is where my where my where my theory comes into play. Uh, well, so this is what Martin Simpson said. So uh, Marjorie, the mistress of Harold Holt, her daughter's boyfriend, said he was showing off in front of Marjorie. On another day, he might not have gone in. It was really rough. Some of us went into the water up to our waist, but it was way too rough for us, so we left. He laughed and called us a pack of pansies. Oh. That, was, that was the last thing I heard him say. <laughs> That's a good, la- good last words. Yeah. Yep. 
So yes, it's, I, I've heard, I've read that statement a few times. That yes, he laughed and called us a pack of pansies. It does go to uh, show, mate, though. Like you can be the most powerful man in the country, you can have all yep. these accomplishments behind you. Yep. But still, you see a, a kind of physical feat there in front of you that might be able to impress somebody. <laughs> Yeah, even though he's already shagging her. He's already... Yeah, exactly. He's, 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 he's mistress. Yeah, she's keen. She's, she is on board. He's put it about with bolted, her mate. several a times. Yeah. And so... But no, he's still like, ha-ha, I'm more manly than you. I'm the prime minister of putting it about. <laughs> <laughs> look what you... Look what I can do. And then he went and then he disappeared. Oh, and then he went. And then he drowned, basically. And he never came. In the, if you have a look at the footage of the day, there is footage of the day. It's just, fucked up surf like you wouldn't go in the water we, we all we all grew up you know around the beaches of the central coast you know when it's a shitty horrible surf the where there's no no there's no waves at this beach it's all crashing into each other there's massive rips there's rocks submerged yeah it's just, but he was like nope i'm a man and i'm a strong swimmer even though i might be on morphine and i nearly drowned a few months and I only ago have one one working shoulder one working shoulder i nearly drowned in a heart condition possibly can, yeah can i throw something else out there though like yeah for sure what, like he's possibly on morphine but it's the 60s yeah you've got a progressive guy yeah you know, so he was on other stuff young, as well you think lover? Might have been mm-hmm. baked off his fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was, he was only 59. I'd like to think that he was, you know... <laughs> just, sm- <laughs> just smoking some- a dude. Smoking <laughs> a dude while he was swimming. Swim. I can swim and smoke a, <laughs> uh, smoke a massive joint all at the same time. <laughs> That's how much of a man I am. I'm the Prime Minister. I can while, do whatever while, I want. While getting Look at me, Marjorie. Look at me, Marjorie. Yeah. Marjorie. <laughs> she also drowned. <laughs> Look at me, Marjorie. Look at me. Yes. Anyway. He was 6 to 9 in LBJ, and he unfortunately was the, was the one who was upside down in the surf. <laughs> in the water. So, we come to the memorials and other legacies. And this is tremendous. Harold Holt is most famously commemorated by the Harold Holt Memorial Swimming Centre. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> the complex is already under construction at the time of Holt's disappearance <laughs> since he was a local member. Oh. And now it is named in his memory. Which and is fantastic, really. No one ever went, should we swap this for something else? But it was kind of the thing. It was it was already named after him, and so it'd be weird, right? To be like, oh, uh, hmm. everyone learn to swim in the pool. <laughs> it's way better, <laughs> way better. <laughs> Don't go swimming in unpatrolled beaches. Mm. Do you think that was it, though? Do you think people honestly went, well, we'll keep the name. It'd be a lesson to everybody. I don't think it was a lesson. I think they were just like, no, I'm sure someone was like, no, it's a memorial for him and we need it. And more importantly, it would have been the first memorial too. So, you know, that's important to some people, even though he may have drowned. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, like, so... Like whoever that, that's not important right now. Commenter on a YouTube video. Exactly. First, first, it should have been oh, first God. Harold Holt <laughs> Memorial Swimming Centre. <laughs> Hopefully there are three others. <laughs> there is an, another strange thing as well, is that in 1969, a plaque commemorating Harold Holt 
was bolted to the sea floor off Cheviot Beach. Good. So, for, for to see it... For fellow skin divers to go and have a yeah, look. You have to go down and have a look at it in rough surf, preferably. Yeah. In memory of Harold Holt, who loved the sea and disappeared... Smoking a massive joint. <laughs> this is my favourite phrase. Who loved the sea and disappeared hereabouts on the 17th of December 1967. <laughs> Somewhere around here. Might have been over there. <laughs> might have been. Might We're have been. not really sure. Yeah. So, there is a plaque, yeah, bolted to the sea floor just... So if you want to go down and have a look at it, yeah, but don't die. I've got a question, which you might not be able to answer. Uh Because if you could, you probably would have said it already. Um, Uh How long and hard... Uh (laughs) No timely coughs here from me. (laughs) Did they look for the body? Uh, I think... So they they had a full-scale search for two days... And then they continued searching, I think, for two weeks after that. See, I think the only... By that stage, they were looking along the beaches. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only... That's the reason why conspiracy theories probably uh, get any fuel to their fire at all, is that how big a rip does it have to be to send a body so far out to sea that, you know... A search party looking for the prime minister of the country can't find it. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. The but that's the problem. The problem is the water uh, there as well is really was really like murky, murky yeah. anyway. And the, one of the possibilities he he has a heart attack or he gets dragged under, and he gets dragged out to sea, but then lodges under one of the. Because it's all rocky shelf oh, right. out, out rocks. So there's any chance he got caught under that. But again, um, again, I'm still interested <coughs> to know how extensive the search was. I guess well, I just haven't got a clear picture of I think, how long I think and hard look, you look for you, a prime minister. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, true. But I think maybe if you if you look up how many people drown and whose bodies are never found, that that would be more of an indicator. Yeah, I'd probably I'd say. Be surprised. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting point, and we, maybe we'll look. Or maybe I'll uh, message old mate who runs HaroldHaltMurder.com <laughs> or whatever it is and find out a bit about him. Jesus. Get onto that Iranian server. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Oof. I don't know how he did that. Now, uh, so Holt's uh, widow, so getting back to her, so Holt's widow, Zara Holt, was made Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire, becoming Dame Zara Holt, DBE. She later married for a third time, because she fucking loved putting it about, to, to a Liberal Party colleague of Holt, Jeff Bate, who was, <sighs> and it was then named as Dame Zara Bate. And uh, I wanted just to read you some of the words she said about the affairs. About the affairs, I'll read exactly what she said. I'm as square as a cube. I never wanted to pay him back ever. I felt sorry for the women. I was in love with him, and I could understand them being in love with him too. So apparently she also caught up with old Marjorie after his disappearance and said, Oh, honey, if only you knew what number in line you were. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. His last words to James Arabate were, Before God, you're a rose of a woman. Oh, isn't that sweet? And, more importantly, when asked, how did you cope with the disappearance of Harold Holt? Her response was, I got fat. <laughs> Went for a swing. 
at the pool. <laughs> we went for a swim. I got nice it. work. Yeah. Uh, by way of a folk memorial, he is recalled. Harold Holt is recalled in the Australian vernacular of doing the Harold Holt. Yeah. <laughs> or doing the Harry, which is rhyming slang for do a bolt, meaning to disappear suddenly and without explanation, usually at a social gathering. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Saturday night. Saturday night. Where's he going? Oh, he's done the Harry. Yeah, he disappeared. And Love it. Yep. Um, further than that, um, this mm. is probably getting into quite specific talk here, but um, last year. Indeed. Are we going to say, talk about that? No, no, you're right, you're right, you go right um, Last year, Benny Wiggins there, his uh, <laughs> football team of choice, the Cronulla Sharks. Now, sorry, I, I don't mean to continue the conspiracy theory, but do you know what year the Sharks entered the Australian Rugby League competition, Wiggins? It was... Uh, I'll tell you when yeah. it was. It was 1967. 67, yeah. Because it was our 50th anniversary. Yeah, so, so yeah, but but a, a lot because uh, the Cronulla Sharks had never won a premiership in their forty-nine year history, mm-hmm. and um, because yeah, they entered the competition at the same time that Harold disappeared. A lot of the fans um, decided to tie the two together, and a lot of their the um, sort of banners and so on were all Harold Holt themed. <laughs> People. Well, that comes from there was a lot of a lot of electrical yeah. use That's in, Jack in the Shire. Is it Jack Gibson famously said, "Waiting for Cronulla to win a premiership is like leaving yeah. the porch light on for Harold Holt." Yeah, so they would have yeah. um, <coughs> banners saying "Porch lights on for Harold" kind of thing. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I just I, I really I really love the <laughs> tying together of sport and history like that. It's yeah, and a dead prime minister. <laughs> And when they when they won it last year, I think one of the commentators was like, "Turn your porch lights off." Yeah. I'm sure confused a lot of people, but um, yeah. So that that is our story of yeah. Our I like that. First, I think an only prime minister who's just gone fucking missing. Yeah. Look, I my my kind of final thoughts on it are really that there is enough doubt around for potential conspiracy theories yeah but the conspiracy theories people have chosen are the most stupid and unlikely <laughs> rather yeah. they're so convoluted aren't they a chinese sub sitting off yeah. the coast waiting for him to go for a swim like fuck <laughs> off <Will> you <laughs> put on his scuba diver gear and then go to join them yep uh, apart yeah. apart from anything else like uh, the I don't know. I don't know where Chinese subs were at in the '60s. I know they got a lot of help from the Russians because yeah. the Russians wanted a, a, a like a, a, a decent enough ally to be able to back them up. So they gave China a lot of military technology. But I don't know if they had mini subs capable of sitting off a beach waiting for prime ministers. I don't know if they had that class of submarine built yet. Just tracking, <laughs> well, tracking one dude. Yeah. So well, they may have, see they may have had the submarine, but one thing they didn't have was a minister of putting it a fucking. No, power. they didn't. And that's and what they still don't. So and they still don't. Well, no, who, they've, they've sort of reversed the option, haven't yeah. they? They needed a prime minister yeah. of not yeah, putting exactly, it about. putting it about once. Yeah. <laughs> putting it about just once. So no, but, no but my point is like you, you got people going. Oh, Chinese sub. Definitely. But, Definitely. but 
Russians. He's at the beach with his mistress. Yeah. And all her and family. All her family and friends. No ties to any yeah. fucking political party or anything. Exactly. Like it could if there if, if there was something other than drowning and it was yep. probably drowning, why wouldn't it be some sort of, you know, foul play <laughs> or yep. something at the hands of the um, secretive affair that he was having or But but really more importantly, who goes to the beach with their mistress? The mistress's daughter, the mistress's daughter's boyfriend, has been like, "Yep, we're you know Imagine putting it about." That, though, like prime minister, this is the prime minister. I'm shagging him. It's fine. This is, it's all this, good. Okay, this is why I love history so much because it racks my brain trying to conceptualize time. Yeah, it was only. How do you mean? Well, I mean. Imagine today Turnbull having an affair with somebody and just yeah. being just going to the beach with them, just hanging out at the beach with just like with all that's gonna be my question. Who currently is the minister for putting it about? It? <laughs> but, but, but like what I'm saying is fifty years ago, the prime minister of this country felt yeah, f- flaunting felt his enough. affair. Yeah, How does that happen? <laughs> with the with the press not never far away. Or, or with the press the going police, or, never far away. Or more telling. But there's footage. Oh no, there's footage of the beach. There's footage of the beach. Yeah, the press being complicit. Press turning a blind eye to it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there'd be Imagine heaps of that. Imagine that. Oh man. So this is what this is what hurts my head about it all. Anyway, just makes them go whatever. Just no, it's fine. You can shag whoever you want. Oh, oh we can't. Yeah, only story. fifty years ago. I mean, it's fifty years ago. So there's there's both. It's only fifty years ago, and it's still fifty years ago. Yeah, like but imagine a press is... going. Well, we can't possibly tell this story. He's a prime minister. It's the most important mm. office in this country. No, that's fucking pens right. away, gentlemen. Look... Pens away. <laughs> but, yeah, pens I don't know, down, I don't boys. Know that's fifty. Like you're talking about it in fifty years, but it was only like less than thirty years where Clinton got busted with Lewinsky. Mm. And that was news fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah. Still news now. Still gets referenced. Still gets referenced. Yeah. Where's Harold Holt's fucking cigar? That fucking photo of Lewinsky is a meme. Yeah. No fucking Marjorie. No Marjorie work. No but Marjorie no, meme. No bow-legged Marjorie work. <laughs> bow-legged Marjorie? <laughs> she wasn't with LBJ. She was just with, with Holt. I oh, know, but he was... Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a sliding scale. Well, I just wanted to finish with um, just a reminder. If you didn't hear it earlier, we go actually crunch the numbers on um, uh, like how much water uh, a dead person constitutes. <laughs> and it ended up as 101% water a dead person, uh, a drowned person is. So we always crunch the numbers for you there. You don't need to worry. It's already done. Uh, if that's not the subtitle to this episode, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking of um, oh fuck, what was it? Liberal what? <laughs> the liberal, oh, liberal, liberal Christmas, liberal Hawaiian Christmas nights. <laughs> <laughs> the liberal Christmas luau, wasn't that?